For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson. And yes, I'm back early from vacation because I just can't get enough of AR6 WG1. And by the way, if you two arguably need a life, I'd like to mention that while we're just not big or multilingual enough to tackle the job ourselves, but if anyone would like to create subtitles for our videos in various languages, you're welcome to do so and then email them to me at info at climatedn.com. Okay, like I said, can't get enough of that AR6. It's a monster, all right. The just-released United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report is actually just the draft of Working Group 1 on the physical science basis that's meant to be behind everything that then follows, including the shrill calls to action. But this year, we got them all in one big scary package, which, frankly, said exactly what you'd expect and generated exactly the news stories and statements you'd expect which more or less boiled down to journalists say scientists say world ends soon because evil humans want stuff. Not that the journalists had read it. At something like 3,949 pages, it's not the sort of document you breeze through by deadline time. But, and it's a symptom of the increasingly unwholesome symbiosis between climate science, climate activism, and learned climate journalism, but I repeat myself, the IPCC now conveniently offers not just a dumbed-down and sexed-up summary for policymakers, but even a download headline statements link to tell harried reporters that the projections on everything have gotten worse, from ECS to drought to flooding, which they haven't, and that the already settled science has settled further, and that the planet is on fire and we're all going to die unless we embrace socialism, and very possibly even if we do. And we all saw it coming, right? Don't take my word for it. The day before the report, one self-appointed guardian of the galaxy, Kate Marvel, tweeted that, quote, the IPCC report is coming out tomorrow. As a climate scientist, I'd like you to know I don't have hope. I have something better, certainty. We know exactly what's causing climate change. We can absolutely, one, avoid the worst, and two, build a better world in the process, end quote. But if that's the case, why go to all this trouble and wait seven years for 4,000 pages of yeah, told you so? Well, the New York Times Climate Forward said, quote, The more than 200 scientists involved, who perused thousands of climate studies, dispensed with even the slightest doubt that Earth's climate is changing and that humans are the cause of it through emissions of carbon dioxide and other heat-trapping gases, end quote. Which is obviously an insolent oversimplification. Very few even of the most alarmist scientists say we're the cause, even if they think we're the most important one. But more significantly, did the Times tell you last week, last month, or last year that there still was any doubt about any of those things? Now, to be fair, we too are saying more or less what you'd expect, starting with the fact that the IPCC is not a scientific body, it's a political one, whose summary for policymakers is edited by those policymakers before being released, so it predictably says that they must have more money and power or we are doomed, as it has relentlessly since 1990. And in a way, the alarmists are trapped by their own rhetoric. You can only say we have just a decade to save the planet so many times before people start snickering. So, you need to start counting down, and you need to keep upping the ante. And as a matter of fact, one gets the feeling that even the alarmists are tired of the empty rhetoric. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres shrieked about, quote, a code red for humanity. The alarm bells are deafening and the evidence is irrefutable. Greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuel burning and deforestation are choking our planet and putting billions of people at immediate risk, end quote. The report says nothing of the sort, including that bit about billions of people being at immediate risk. But Guterres knows most people won't read it, 
which he probably hasn't either, and he knows what sort of headlines he can get by claiming it says these things, including his bit about how the fossil fuel industry is going to, quote, destroy our planet, end quote. And sure enough, a news story promptly hailed, quote, the end of the world according to the UN Climate Report, end quote, and went on to present all its worst-case scenarios as imminent and probable. But as I said, it feels like nobody really cares. Journalists wrote these huge screaming headlines for a day or two, but then they went back to other stuff. Even the ultra-woke, all-climate, all-the-time Guardian, in its The Guardian Today email for August 12th, which is three days after the report, started with, quote, exclusive, Gavin Williamson should be sacked over exam failures, says Keir Starmer, end quote, followed by stories about COVID, child maltreatment, the sale of some icing from Charles and Diana's wedding cake for 1,850 pounds, and the arrest of two boys for stabbing a man to death. Climate? What climate? We got Princess Di's cake to discuss. And now, a word from our sponsor. And that's you. Because at the Climate Discussion Nexus, we're dependent upon support from our viewers and our readers. Please go to our donate page, make a one-time pledge, or if you can, a monthly one. I'm not talking a lot of money, though. If you've got it, we'll take it. $2 a month, $3, $5. That's the sustaining funding that we need to produce these videos on our newsletter. And now, back to me. As for the Canadian government, after a fiery blast of press releases about saving the planet, they went back to the usual flurry of emails about handouts for this, that, and the other. And one about how they were sauntering into action two days after AR6 as, quote, work continues toward the development, end quote, of a national adaptation strategy with a first round of consultations that set the stage for, quote, launching adaptation advisory tables, end quote. And after lunch, a nap. Meanwhile, American President Biden got hit from both sides for being so committed to climate action that he's attacking the American oil industry, only to call for more production of oil by undemocratic regimes after blocking oil pipelines from their friendly Canadian Democratic neighbour. You know, whatever this is, it's just not serious policy on a supposed emergency. And of course, the usual suspects are all going to gather in Glasgow in November, where the average high for that month is 9 degrees Celsius with 16 days of rain for COP26 which, for people who don't regularly eat insider alphanumeric soup, is the 26th Conference of the Parties. Yeah, more than two dozen lavish international gabfests by thousands of people who already claim to know exactly what we need to do and then fly in jet airplanes to accomplish what? That they couldn't do better by staying in the office and working. Well, one COP26 goal that seems to be gaining momentum is to scrap the target of limiting increases to 1.5 degrees Celsius and raise it to 2 degrees to placate China, the coal-burning giant, which indicates the extent to which the process has become the purpose. Well, that and the food. But of course, if they ever do anything, it'll be bad for ordinary people who need affordable, reliable energy. For instance, UN Secretary General Guterres also said that this new IPCC report quote, must sound a death knell for coal and fossil fuels before they destroy our planet, end quote. And even if energy executives aren't familiar with the term code red and need to Google it, it's another thing Guterres evoked that's not in the report, death knell is surely one that's easy to work out even if knells are less common than in days of yore. The real question is why energy executives keep insisting on helping pull the bell cord. Because the activists are not going to meet them halfway. You can't half-hang someone. Well, actually you can, but drawing and quartering is just too revolting to describe here, and I assure you it ends with a death knell. 
And the activists, which at this point includes most politicians, whether out of conviction, out of cowardice, or some ugly mix of the two, really are determined to wipe out the hydrocarbon energy industry. It's already happening with pipelines. So our advice to executives is don't go grinning to the gallows. Take a skeptical look at the science and push back. And speaking of science, viewers of our Hide the Decline video know that back in 2001, the IPCC was caught fudging the awkward failure of tree ring data to match rising thermometer readings in recent years, making them unreliable proxies for periods where we don't have temperature data. But apparently that scandal taught them nothing, not even subtlety. At the Climate Audit website, Stephen McIntyre digs into the new 2021 IPCC hockey stick and finds that, as with Michael Manns, there's a weird disconnect between the underlying temperature proxy data and the final graph. Very few of the proxy series actually go up in the 20th century, and some clearly go down. But the IPCC graph shoots through the roof. Did they really think no one would check? Apparently not, because this time they used two tricks. The first one's called pre-screening. It involves taking a large group of temperature proxies, things like tree ring records, lake bed sediment layers, and others, and then weighting them by how well they correlate to the temperature series they're supposed to match and disappearing any that you don't like. But that's cheating, because you don't get rid of all tree ring records. You only get rid of the ones you don't like. But if some tree ring proxies are unreliable today, why wouldn't others that look good in the 20th century be just as unreliable 250 years ago? There's no reason for it other than to get the result they want. And in fact, to do that, they have a second trick that's even worse. It's to say trees are reliable when we like what they say. But if they don't, we invent this weird tree disease called divergence and just cut out the parts of a series that don't confirm to our preconceptions and keep any that do. And that way, you get to go from no hockey stick to a big hockey stick in two easy tricks. But you're still cheating. And one more point about cheating. By now we know, when IPCC reports appear, that the press coverage will be an alarmist spin on the summary, which will be an alarmist spin on the report, which will itself be a selective and alarmist spin on the underlying science. So, on our blog, we excerpt some actual passages from the report. This week it's about extreme rainfall. And it's amazing how different the actual statements are from the headlines. So, as always, if you want logic and facts on climate, subscribe, share, and support us. And do check out our podcast on Google and on Spotify. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, je suis John Robson. Mm -hmm.